moving, I'm coding all night. Project won't compile, it'll be alright. Computer science for life, and that's my direction. Instead of B-Balls, my home is throw exceptions. Welcome to Dangerous Minds, where we delve into the minds of biohackers, grinders, and take a closer look at the tech being implanted and developed by this community. Joining us on the program tonight, Damien, a grinder, and a partner with DangerousThings.com, Cooper, a system admin who lives open source solutions, and Cursor, a software dev with a master's specializing in RF technology. Up first, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Dangerous Things, who delivers custom gadgetry for the discerning hacker and biohacker. So check them out at DangerousThings.com. If you or your organization is interested in sponsoring the efforts of the Dangerous Minds podcast, please feel free to reach out to us at DangerousMinds.io and or email us at info at DangerousMinds.io and we'll be glad to talk to you about it. Okay, so um, I just want to put a shout out out there for uh, Rich Lee's GoFundMe page. So Rich is having a bit of trouble fighting for his kids at the moment. So as a community, we need to stand up and help him out. Uh, he's done a lot for advancing the grinding and biohacking community. As a group, we need to help him by opening our wallets. Um, to do this, I'm going to help him. Go to www.gofundme.com forward slash cyborgdad. Just once again, www.gofundme.com forward slash cyborgdad. So this week on Dangerous Minds podcast, we have Patrick Pullen. Thank you for coming on. Uh, he's also known as Vicarious of Hackerspace Axface. So thank you for joining us today. Could you start by introducing yourself and telling us what biohacking, grinding and transhumanism means to you and also your own grind, as it were? Yeah, so my name is Patrick Pullman. Uh, I'm, I'm from the Netherlands. Um, I have two jobs. I work as a SIS admin and also as a security guard. Besides that, I also volunteer sometimes. I'm one of the founders of, of a hackerspace in, uh, in the Netherlands. I visit hacker conferences uh, since 2001. Yeah, to me, hacking, and, uh, hacking is a way of life. Um, to the, the new listeners, uh, to me, yeah, hacking is finding new applications uh, uh, that are not intended by the creator of the product. And, and as a biohacker, I find applications for my body for my body to interact with the technology around us. So can you tell us a little bit about the documentary you've been working on? On a couple of groups on Facebook, and one of them happens to be a German RFID NFC implantees group. Uh, there's a piercer, Rika, um, she posted a request on, on the Facebook group uh, asking if there's anyone willing to participate in, in a documentary about cyborgs. The documentary is made by a German TV station called ARD, and they're working on a documentary for 45 minutes. Uh, yeah, and, and I responded to the message that I'm interested in participating in the documentary, so they contacted me and, and asked me to introduce myself, uh, tell a bit about my implants. Yeah, when I told them I uh, have 11 implants, they seemed very interested. Um, they visited me uh, to film at uh, my home and at the hackerspace. Uh, recorded me how I unlocked the doors and, and uh, how I unlocked my phone and my laptop using my implants. Also, they filmed me how I um, uh, installed the, the RFID access controller in my car and hook it up to the central locking system so I can unlock my car using my implant. And last Thursday, I visited Berlin and they um, recorded me getting a shiny new prototype implant. 
So um, you said a bit about your projects there. Could you expand a bit more on Axbase for us so people that are listening to this and maybe local can understand a bit more about what you guys do? Sure. Um, uh, yeah, Axbase is a hackerspace, and there are hackerspaces uh, worldwide. And a hackerspace basically is a, a physical location, a room, or, or it can be a building um, where hackers meet um, technology enthusiasts or, or nerds where they meet and, and share their knowledge. They share their, their tools, equipment, material you know, to work on uh, projects and, and uh, to give workshops or, or talks. We currently have 15 participants um, from all ages and uh, every participant uh, has their own experience, their own um, uh, fields of interest, uh, for example, one participant uh, is more into network infrastructures or uh, another is more into um, uh, programming or electronics. And um, currently, I'm the only biohacker there. I'm the only one who has implants. Um, With um, such a diverse sort of skill set in the uh, Axspace that you use, um, and also the fact that you've got so many implants, yeah. A lot of people be saying, wow, you know, they're getting their first implant, maybe second, maybe even third, uh, to be on such a high number. So what are the projects that you're working with at the moment to, to revolve around your, your implants also in the act space? Um, yeah, I usually get asked, uh, why do you have so many implants? Um, and the main reason is uh, because different access control systems, uh, the, the different uh, RFID uh, access control systems, uh, they use different frequencies and also different manufacturers use uh, different protocols. So, um, for example, uh, you have the low frequency 125 kilohertz, which I have, which I use uh, two implants um, for that purpose. One manufacturer, uh, HID, which, which are known for access control systems that um, usually uh, larger office buildings use. Uh, they use the, the Wigand uh, protocol and other manufacturers, um, they also use the EM4100 uh, protocol, which is the default for the XEM tag implant. And of course, there are also other frequencies, uh, such as the um, 13.56 megahertz uh, frequency that the uh, XNT and the Flex NT use, uh, which is commonly used uh, for NFC, for smartphones uh, or contactless payments or public transit cards. There's also the, the low frequency 134.2 kilohertz, uh, which is used for animal tag IDs which I have one of in my lower arm. Yeah, besides those implants, I also have uh, uh, five magnet implants, um, four in fingertips and one in the back of my hand. So just to uh, jump there, what is the magnet in the back of the hand for? So the ones in the fingertips will give an extra sense when you're uh, walking through highly electrical areas or magnetic fields. What does the one in the back of the hand do for you? Okay. Uh, uh, the back in, uh, the magnet implant in the back in my, uh, of my hand. It's actually the first implant that I got and how I got there. So I visit conferences uh, every year, hacker security technology conferences. There was a conference in December 2010 in Berlin, Germany. Uh, it's the Chaos Communication Congress. 
And there was a lecture by uh, Left Anonym. Uh, the lecture is called uh, Cybernetics for the Masses. Yeah, she talked about uh, implants and, and suggests uh, bioproof magnet implants. And I got really uh, curious. Um, I was interested in, in how, it, how it feels like to feel magnetic and electromagnetic fields. So in July 2011, I ordered a pack of 20 neodymium magnets uh, from, from the internet and I ordered uh, Sugo. Then I uh, tried to implant a bioproof magnet in my fingertip, did the procedure wrong where I tried to numb my finger with, uh, in a bath of ice water. What I did wrong was um, I took my finger out of the bath of ice water and tried to make an incision with a pocket knife. Um, but I should, I should have left it in the bath of ice water to keep it numb. So that's what I did wrong. So um, yeah, um, the numbness uh, wore off. So I decided to put it in the back of my hand instead. It, yeah, it's a tiny magnet. It's not very strong. Um, I can feel when it when it when it moves when uh, another stronger magnet is near uh, it doesn't let me sense electromagnetic fields but august of the same year i visited case communication camp which is an outdoor uh, hacker conference in uh, germany of course um, late at night there are no uh, lights in the dixie toilets um, i figured uh, hey uh, we are making these uh, these trophies which are uh, which is basically a magnet and an LED and a battery with tape wrapped around it. They figured, uh, hey, uh, this toy has a magnet. I can attach it to the magnet on the back of my hand and use it instead of a flashlight. So I have both hands available and I go use the toilet or climb in my tent. So talking about implants, uh, you've already told us which ones you have and where they're located for the most part. But do you have a question uh, out of those? Have you ever had any that you've had to remove? Also, so far, I haven't had any uh, removed, but um, what did occur uh, occur to me. I have bioproof magnets in my fingertips. I had uh, three of them uh, I had done in one session to get a discount. What's it called? Uh, I took the, the stitches uh, out too early for one of them. Oh, I took the stitches out uh, too early um, because I try to prevent my dad from finding out that I have uh, these magnet implants. Yeah, because uh, the stages are more, are, yeah, make it more visible. So I took them out a little too early. At some point I noticed, hey, I can't feel or see the magnet implant in, in my uh, index finger of my left hand anymore. I can't, can't feel it or see it anymore. I can't find it. Um, yeah, basically I lost it. Yeah, at, at some point, um, a couple of months later, I found it again uh, by accident. Uh, I found it attached to uh, the inside of, of the car door of the company car. Took it with me back to the piercer. Um, uh, we sterilized it uh, and then uh, re-implanted it. Uh, gone uh, more to the surface um, instead of the original location on, on the side of the fingertip. Um, I'm considering uh, either to, to uh, leave it in there or that I'll just wait for uh, the new new uh, M31 uh, bioproof magnets uh, when they come out uh, to order those and, and have those implanted in the tragus. So, yeah, it looks like you've uh, made these guys' minds there. We've uh, all decided we're going to do the tragus implant. <laughs> That's something we're all going ahead for. And um, we're waiting for the new M31s to happen on that. Or we've got Cooper, who's got some parallel C ones that he's testing. Um, I wanted to go into a bit more detail on the reuse of the magnet 
I got mine done and three weeks later it went wrong and rejected. So it had to be removed. And the first message I got back was re-sterilize it and reuse it. And to me, that didn't seem right. I wanted to just leave it and then get a new one when the M31s came out. Is the one that you reuse titanium nitride? Um, yeah, it's a M31. It, it, as far as I know, um, they all have the same coating. Um, I would have to check that with Amal Krafsa. But yeah, I, I ordered the first one and then uh, um, I ordered four more uh, at the same time. I believe they uh, all have, uh, have the same uh, type of coating. Uh, titanium nitrate. Uh, I noticed that um, uh, after it was uh, re-implanted, um, it's not strong enough to lift any small objects. But instead, um, yeah, uh, uh, but uh, I can still use it to uh, detect magnetic and electromagnetic fields. Yeah, the for me the the best places are are uh, the fingertips and the and the ring fingers. A question that I'm sure some of the listeners will be uh, thinking of now is uh, obviously due to the amount of amount of different implants that you have. Um, do you ever come across people that say, "Why so many? You know, are you actually going to use them all? Um, you know, is it is it something like that you're that you enjoy doing that's become part of you, or um, you know, what, what, what's your answer to the people that might criticise the fact that you've you've used so many? Get that asked a lot. Uh, why I have so many implants? Uh, but yeah, basically, uh, I use different implants for different tasks and, and different implants, different uh, readers uh, who use different frequencies or different protocols. And I also have this uh, this shiny new implant, which is a prototype that uses um, uh, different technologies and is capable of uh, more features. So um, with the magnets, do you, you've got the Sugru magnet. Um, I have heard about people doing that in the past. How have you found that um, as Sugru as a coating? What do you think on it? I had a silicon one, um, but I've not heard a story of Sugru yet. So that would be good to hear. I attended uh, the lecture from Neft Anonym and, and she told the code that, um, that you can either use uh, hot glue from a hot glue gun, Sugru bioproof uh, material to coat implants with. And I decided to go for Sugru. Um, I ordered a pack of uh, Sugru online and, and it comes in these uh, small packs. When you take it out of, of the package, then you can mold it for half an hour and then you let it uh, dry. Uh, and after 24 hours, it's uh, completely solid. But, but yeah, it's uh, basically um, a, a type of... Um, uh, silicon uh, that happens to be bioproof. Um, so far, I've never had any trouble of uh, rejection. It only looks funny, um, but that's only only the um, the scar tissue. It's fine. Uh, the test looked like this since uh, 2011. So, just to uh, say for our listeners, because we've seen it, they don't get to see the videos audio only. Unfortunately, it looked like a uh, a small little bump on scar tissue there it's not too bad in all honesty i mean you'd mistake it for yeah exactly um i uh, yeah i record these videos and and share them on youtube uh, so uh, the listeners uh, will be able to to watch the videos uh, later after the podcast sure well i mean you have quite a lot of implants i mean i thought i had a lot but you put my count of seven making it look tiny you know <laughs> so as you've got so many what would you say to someone that wants to start biohacking yeah sure um 
yeah, first first of all, if someone asks me um, or or yeah, wants more information about implants when they consider one getting one, um, first I would ask them uh, what type of implant are you uh, considering? Is it a magnet? Is it an RFID or an FC tag or maybe a totally different uh, implant, such as the North Star or North Sense or or NFC light? Um, um, yeah, what do you intend to use it for? And, and um, um, yeah, what location are you considering uh, putting it? Um, and then I would uh, yeah share my knowledge uh, uh, from my from my own experience um, that they didn't do it like me, uh, sh- uh, shouldn't do it like me when I uh, first uh, uh, implanted the, the bioproof magnet. Um, they shouldn't do it alone. They should always uh, have a spotter with them in case they pass out or, or uh, yeah, in case something happens. Um, they should ask a, a friend or family member, under, uh, a befriended nurse uh, to assist or, or a piercer. Maybe yeah, visit a piercing shop, uh, piercing studio, um, or visit a biohacker conference, uh, uh, or maybe visit a, a hacker space or or uh, biohacker space yeah uh, consider uh, the, the placement of the implant um, we know by now that uh, for RFID NFC tag implants the, the best placement is the, the triangle between the thumb and the index finger because there's only tissue there no uh, there are no veins or, or muscles that can get damaged or 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 nerve endings or anything. I, I see this community is pretty much a very experienced space in terms of like the, the best advice you can get are those that are experienced, which is why it's so great to have you there. Uh, for those that don't know, Patrick's sort of open in the community to ask questions and stuff, and he's very, very good at giving advice for, for people that need it. Um, so that's a great credit to him. Um, just in general, just a quick question. Um, how do you ensure the safety of, of the products that either you're involved in or those that you decide to go along with and try in your own body? Is it a case of your testing processes or getting them from reputable sources or, or anything like that? How do you ensure the safety there? So before I got a, another implant to do my own research, uh, not only the safety um, health-wise, but also uh, the safety uh, when we consider... Uh, privacy or, or security uh, aspects um, yeah I do my own research uh, to yeah to to figure out what what it is capable of capable of or and what isn't uh, it capable of or, but also um, what are the risks um, yeah also the the health aspect um, uh, is it uh, does it come in a sterile package? Uh, the tools that we use to uh, to implant uh, are they sterile that's basically it um, and, and also, um, yeah, during the implant procedure itself, uh, make sure that everything is sterile, um, clean the, the implant site, uh, good, yeah, prepare, uh, prepare everything, uh, sterilize everything, make sure that nothing gets uh, contained. Yeah, I think the most, um, most important aspect of the procedure is uh, preparation of the tools and, and, and the implants. All right, before we move on in the conversation, I'm going to take a quick moment to thank our friends and share a message. Want to be more together at the 2017 Body Hacks in Austin, Texas, January 27th through 29th. You'll learn throughout a two-track, two-day conference, discover some of the best companies in body hacking, connect with your fellow cyborgs at the hub, and party at the worm. This year, put together, the Body Hacks Fashion Show opens the event on Friday night at the Austin Convention Center. Be more together at Body Hacking 
Con.com. And back to the conversation. So in your grind, what, what would you put as like the single best moment of achievement? Um, that's a good question. Um, uh, yeah, um, yeah, I, I have these, these magnet implants and uh, the best thing is um, going out into the world and exploring uh, where can I find uh, electromagnetic fields and electromagne- uh, electromagnetic fields. Um, just discovering them by accident also. Um, me walking through uh, the, um, uh, the anti-theft gates uh, at, a, at a store and, and uh, discovering the electromagnetic fields that, that comes off from them. Um, yeah, the, uh, that's, uh, that's awesome. Uh, um, also discovering the magnets and the lid of the screen from, you know, of the of the, my laptop. Uh, yeah, uh, most laptops have uh, magnets and the lid of the screen. So when you close the the lid, then um, there's a sensor that detects uh, when the magnet uh, gets near and it uh, it puts the the laptop in standby. And just discovering uh, the sensor by accident uh, because I have a magnet implant in my fingertip and I was tapping on my keyboard and uh, um, suddenly the screen went dark uh, and I figured uh, hey, what's happening here, um, how did this occur and it, and then I, it came to me, I just realized, uh, um, so I went exploring where are the magnets in the light of the screen and uh, then I yeah, found uh, the exact spot and and I went um, um, uh, then I looked uh, where where would the sensor be, and I realized uh, oh, it's uh, it's right next to the Antarctic. So that's how how it occurred. Uh, um, uh, I should um, pay attention to where I keep my fingers when I use my laptop. So um, and also now with. Um, um yeah currently uh, with a new prototype implant the vivo key um uh, yeah to me it's, it's really amazing that uh, i'll be able to uh, take my uh, cryptographic keys with me um that are no longer stored on on a device uh, um because devices can get stolen they can get lost or forgotten they can go broke um, um, yeah, devices can get replaced, and and I take my implants with me. I don't have to worry about them. Uh, um, yeah. So talking about the magnet on the back of your hand, and uh, you'd mentioned that you you work on computers as well as a sysadmin. Mm-hmm. Have you ever caught yourself using that? to hold screws or tools uh, while working on computers because that was the first thing that popped up um, when I saw it on the back of your hand. It's like, I really want that just for that one thing is screws are a pain in the butt. They keep falling off. I, I, you, I don't really, and I've got a small kid. I don't really want her to crawl along around the carpet and be like, ooh, shiny metal thing. I want to eat it. I just think of that every time a screw drops. So I'll get on all fours and you know, really look for it. Cause as you see, I have glasses and 
but a magnet, that sounds like it would make it a lot easier instead of uh, having to you know, get down and really look for it. Just makes me wonder if you have, how good is it at doing that? Uh, what have you? Um, I pretty much only use my uh, uh, fingertip magnet implants uh, to pick up objects um, because they're the ones that are strong enough. Um, the one in my in the back of my hand, uh, it's uh, it's a really tiny um, neodymium uh, magnet, one millimeter high and two millimeter diameter. Plus, it also has this uh, this thick uh, sugo coating, so that also um, uh, yeah. Uh, um, uh, I am able to uh, attach things to it uh, magnetically, um, such as this uh, this toy that I mentioned earlier. Um, but um, yeah, for picking up screws, I pretty much only used uh, fingertip implants. But um, I'm considering um, replacing the magnet implant in the back of my hand. Uh, I I'm considering replacing it with a stronger one when they when they uh, are released, uh, the new world generation. Um, but um, yeah, I have a, I, I still have plenty of room available uh, for more implants. So why not go there? I think at this point, everyone listening to this podcast is screaming at us to, um, to venture down the corridor of your new implant. You said a few times uh, now that you've got a shiny new implant and you did actually just mention uh, what you have there. Uh, if you could just go back over there and explain what, what it is you've got, um, how you've got it, how, how it was putting it in and things like that. It would be sort of like the first time that um, people get this kind of information. Um, yeah, so Amal Kastra is uh, working on, on uh, a new generation implant. Um, um, and it does a lot more than just store data, uh, such as the XNT does or the Flex NT. Um, the this new gen, yeah, this new implant is Vivo uh, key, or Vivo key, or how you pronounce it. Um, previously, it was known as uh, Yuki, but people had trouble googling it. Um, they would spell it as uh, Yuki or or another. Uh, variation. Um, the Vivaki, it's um, um, it, it has an NXP Smart MX uh, chip, at least uh, um, the one that I have. Uh, it has a Smart MX uh, chip, and the new, uh, the next uh, generation, uh, the the next beta prototype um, will have the Smart MX uh, two chip. Which um, is uh, is a brand new uh, chip from the manufacturer, um, uh, and Amal Krasa got uh, ten uh, ten samples uh, from the manufacturer, um, which he's making, uh, 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 which he's using uh, to to make prototype implants. Um, and this uh, this new implant, it's it's capable of um, cryptography. Um, 
for tasks uh, such as uh, multi-factor authentication. Um, so instead of uh, using only a username and password uh, to log into websites or, or uh, email accounts or, or to unlock the, uh, the password manager on my laptop, um, it's also capable. Yeah, it's it's capable of generating a, a second factor authentication code, um, which makes it a lot safer. Um, because anyone, uh, yeah, any criminal can use a, um, a dictionary attack uh, to to gain access to uh, accounts. But uh, yeah, with this um, a second factor, it makes it uh, more secure. Um, uh, um, how it is uh, done usually now is that you would receive um, a SMS text message, or you would use a, a YubiKey um, or or a Fidesmo card or something. But the problem with those is. Um, uh, SMS text messages, they are not encrypted. Uh, um, and also the problem with um, devices like the YubiKey or YubiKey Neo or the Fidasma card is, uh, well, it's a device, um, uh, you depend on it. Um, there's the possibility that, that you would uh, lose it or that it gets uh, stolen, um, which is also a problem with with, with mobile phones, uh, they can get lost uh, or stolen when you depend on them. Um, yeah, which is um, the main advantage of, of having an implant. Uh, you don't have to think about, uh, um, hey, uh, did I bring my implant with me? Because it, it's uh, subdermal, uh, it's beneath the skin. Uh, you don't have to worry about uh, forgetting it or, or losing it or, or theft. Uh, and so far, uh, none of my implants uh, have broken. Um, some people are worried, uh, yeah, what about breakage? Um, uh, what if you hit something? Um, uh, what, if, if, what if your implant uh, hits against something? Uh, uh, won't it break? But so far, none of my implants have broken and, and they're all fine. Um, Plus, it's uh, it's also capable of uh, PGP uh, file and email encryption and decryption. Um, so, um, more info information about that. Uh, um, um, now, when emails are sent, uh, you can you can compare it with a uh, with a postcard. Um, uh, most emails are not encrypted, and uh, this guy, um, uh, I believe his name is uh, Phil Zimmerman, he came up with uh, PGP, which uh, stands for Pretty Good Privacy. Um, uh, with PGP, you basically have uh, uh, a key pair, um, uh, two kinds of keys, and it's um, uh, you have a, a a public key which you can share with everyone, and you also have a, a private key. And uh, the public key is used to encrypt documents or or to encrypt emails. And the 
private key is used to uh, decrypt the the files and emails uh, which the sender um, has sent to you using the, the public key. Um, the private key is also uh, used for uh, signing documents and emails uh, so that uh, the receiver can verify that it was actually you who sent the email or sent the document and, and it's not a phishing uh, email. And I would, I would really love it if um, companies uh, such as uh, banks or, or healthcare companies or governments uh, would embrace PGP file and email decryption, uh, file and email encryption and signing because that would make us a lot uh, more safer and we wouldn't have to worry about um, uh, government agencies such as uh, the NSA or, or worry about criminals um, uh, reading our emails or documents uh, if we don't want them to. Uh, just to uh, jump back onto breakages there, um, there was one guy in the group, he accidentally smashed right on his glass tag with, uh, what, what did he say, like 80 pounds of pressure with a sledgehammer? I mean, his hand was, um, I'm going to say bruised and swollen, but the tag was fine. Mine has survived various attacks on it, including uh, flying off a motorbike the other week. It survived countless tests. For example, I went punching things, not people. It was, <laughs> it was more punching bags and things at the gym. Um, that was back when I was testing the flex because a lot of people were asking about it. I didn't film it because it felt weird filming in the gym. Uh, yeah, didn't really want to do that. But breakages, they, they are very robust. Outside of the body, the glass tags are not very robust. Um, I cracked it just by dropping the laptop charger on it on purpose just to see for myself. But then when you hear the stories about people smashing their hand with a sledgehammer, for example, and it's surviving, it's just really impressive. So the breakages, if people see those stories, they'll worry less about it, I think. Yeah, true. I, I agree completely. Um, they're very well protected uh, and they're implanted uh, under a subdermal, under, under the skin. They're very, very well protected. And I also remember this um, Facebook uh, post where uh, yeah, someone worried about uh, breakage of these glass tags and, and another uh, group member, um, he basically took a, a, a pen and then stabbed his uh, hand a couple times to prove a point to, to show that it's uh, perfectly fine. I also, uh, I think I read on dangerousthings.com um, um, yeah, before, uh, yeah, yeah, when these are developed, uh, um, that they're also tested. Um, uh, I believe Amal uh, implanted one in, in a piece of meat uh, and pressure tested it uh, and they put it in a microwave to, to test it and, and it, it still worked, it was still fine. So no worries there. Uh, a couple of other videos from Amor on the testing. He shoved one of them in liquid nitrogen and it still worked after that. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the video where he injected it into a chicken breast, cooked it, took it out of the oven, cut it out the chicken, and then unlocked his gun safe with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I missed that video. I haven't seen it yet. Um, did did yeah. he eat the chicken? Yeah, I think he did, you know. <laughs> I think it was from the family dinner. 
I'm hoping that didn't have a metallic taste. <laughs> <laughs> that would be otherwise sad to, to throw it away. Yeah. Um, um, I'm, I'm glad uh, these tests uh, are done on, on, on uh, meat, uh, so we don't have to uh, put our hands in uh, liquid nitrogen to test if, if, still, if they still work. Well, um, the next question I have for you is, uh, how would you see research projects you do changing the association of biohacking and grinding um, and the institutional biotechnology slash makerspaces in the future? Um, have you reached out to any schools or universities with these makerspaces um, to show your work and advance partnerships? Um, yeah, um, yeah, what a coincidence. Um, um, a couple nights ago, um, I sent an email uh, to, um, to a research group um, there's this uh, project called uh, IRMA, uh, I-R-M-A, which uh, stands for I Reveal, My, I Reveal My Attributes. And it's, um, it's uh, led by this research group uh, from a Dutch university. And basically it's, um, it's a, new kind of, yeah, a new way of uh, uh, identity verification uh, without um, loss of uh, privacy. Um, at the moment, they, uh, um, yeah, they have this, uh, this smart card, um, which uh, contains um, a chip, uh, probably a smart mix chip, probably. Um, but anyway, um, uh, yeah, uh, basically, um, uh, it has um, uh, attributes uh, um, programmed on them. And instead of um, uh, just storing uh, your, your uh, digital identity, suggests your name and everything, um, it, it stores, um, uh, it stores uh, these attributes. Um, uh, for example, imagine if you go to a, a liquor store and um, the cashier asks for your ID to, to yeah, as proof that you are, in fact, uh, the legal age that you are uh, allowed to, uh, um, to buy liquor. Um, uh, this um, IRMA card, um, it only has um, uh, attributes, uh, such as an, uh, there's an attribute, uh, I am... Uh, under 12 or, or I am over 16 or I am over uh, 21 and and you have this uh, attribute uh, for example uh, in my case uh, I am over 21 um, uh, as, a, as an age verification check um, or another example uh, if you order a pizza uh, uh, then um, Usually, there's a, a web form where they all ask for your your name and and of course the address details uh, where where it needs to get delivered to uh, uh, payment details uh, uh, and they don't need uh, all that kind of information. Uh, pretty much, they only need uh, a phone number where they can reach you and and your address details. Uh, uh, to deliver to, um, but 
uh, they don't really need your uh, your name or or other uh, private details uh, just to deliver a pizza. Um, yeah, uh, I hope you get the idea. Um, uh, what this is about? Yeah, I think it's a interesting sort of union between that at the same time as getting an implant that's that's solely based around the security in a digital world. It makes quite a nice sort of link of the two projects that you that you're currently doing. Um, the, the next question we have is is sort of like where we like to get uh, sort of a, a personal view on 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 who you are and try and get out for the for the listeners what type of person you are and also what, what's important to you. Um, so with all the projects and the implants that you've mentioned, uh, what's the biggest impact that you want to make? Uh, almost like what's your aim and almost what do you want to be remembered for? Is it the most augmented man alive or is it something a bit deeper? What do you want to leave? Yeah, uh, what I'm trying to achieve is that, um, uh, that, uh, grinding or biohacking, uh, gets more accepted. Um, I mean, uh, tattoos, uh, piercings and other kind of, uh, uh, body mods, um, at some point, uh, those were frowned upon. Um, those weren't accepted, but little by little, uh, people got more uh, tattoos and more piercings and, uh, breast augmentation, uh, or hip implants, uh, that kind of stuff. Um, I, I, I just hope it gets more accepted, uh, and, uh, and that we're not, uh, seen as, uh, uh, Satanists or, or whatever. Um, of course, um, uh, everybody, uh, needs to make their own decision uh, whether or not to get, uh, implants, uh, it must remain optional, uh, not a requirement, not mandatory. Um, yeah, that's that's mostly it. Um, uh, but also more privacy and security, uh, um, thanks to implants uh, such as the FIFO key. That's uh, what, what I'm aiming for. That's what, uh, what I'm hoping to get. Well, when was your uh, light bulb moment? Uh, when a great challenge or hurdle was solved in your grind or for that matter if there's been uh multiple ones when was the last one uh, if you've had a few along the way yeah um since i have uh, multiple kinds of uh, rfid tag implants um uh, whenever i get near an rfid uh, reader uh, i'm always curious uh, uh, on what frequency uh, uh, it works and, and what, what kind of protocol. So, um, so basically I work up to it and, and try my different implants. Uh, if any of them, uh, uh, if the, the, for example, a door lock, uh, if it reacts to any of my implants, uh, yeah, just curiosity. Um, um, for example, um, I'm, uh, I work as a security guard and, uh, uh, I also do uh, security at uh, music festivals and um, uh, every year uh, there's this, uh, this uh, music festival in the Netherlands um, called Lowlands and there's a company uh, called Nedap in the Netherlands and um, they, uh, they hand out uh, uh, these wristbands uh, to uh, festival attendees 
uh, it's basically um, uh, yeah, a restaurant, but with an RFID tag uh, embedded. And um, I figured, uh, hey, uh, here's an RFID tag in this restaurant. Uh, let me try one of my implants. So I noticed it's, um, it reacts to my uh, XMT tag implant. And um, what do you use this response for? Um, um, at every uh, stage at the music festival, um, uh, they have these uh, RFID readers. And um, uh, so they made a system uh, where, uh, where you would um, uh, link your, your response uh, to your Facebook profile. So when you go to a stage, uh, um, for example, um, um, you attend a, a concert uh, by a band, uh, um, and uh, yeah, when when you scan your response, then there would uh, appear a message on Facebook. For example, Patrick is attending the concert of uh, Rammstein at the, the Alpha stage. So that your friends would know, oh, oh, uh, Patrick is uh, over there. And um, I figured, um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's an RFID tag. Uh, let me just try my implant. And yeah, uh, I linked my implant uh, in the system to my Facebook profile so that whenever I would scan my implant, then um, the reader would react. Uh, uh, the reader would, would light up and, and the Facebook message would appear. And uh, yeah, other festival attendees, they, they were looking at me funny. Uh, how did he do that? He, he's not wearing a wristband on, on his left wrist. Uh, so I showed it to them, I explained it. And it's a, it's a nice icebreaker to start a conversation. Uh, so you've, uh, you've done a lot of work in with these implants having done them for a long time. So going by the diversity of all the implants you've got, what do you feel is missing in the world in terms of biotech? If you had the opportunity in the facilities, what would you develop? That's a good question. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of difficult to, for me to, to commit, uh, come up with a, with a brand new idea that others haven't thought of yet. Um, Is there something that you, uh, some kind of functionality that you would want that's not yet available? Um, yeah, at the moment, uh, uh, some people are uh, trying to develop uh, an NFC light, which is still in, in, in the prototype stages uh, for them. So um, I'm, I'm wearing this, I'm wearing this uh, wristband. Uh, it's an RFID detector. Um, basically, it's a, a copper coil with, uh, with a red LED to detect when you are near an RFID reader. Um, yeah, then the, the red LED, it, it starts blinking. Uh, and I would love to have this as, a, as an implant. So um, at the moment, I'm trying myself, uh, I'm trying to uh, create a smaller version with a smaller uh, copper copper wire and um, yeah, with, a, with smaller loops, so not as big as my wrist, but um, but smaller, so it's uh, implantable. 
but I'm not the only one who's uh, trying to make this. Uh, um, there's also, uh, I believe, cyberize.me. Uh, uh, and there's also Amal Kastra who's um, uh, trying to, uh, yeah, who's, who's, who will be working on a prototype, uh, a flex LED. Um, yeah, to have um, LEDs uh, under your skin to to light up. Uh, yeah, um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, at the moment, I don't have any materials such as uh, perylene uh, to use as coating. The problem with uh, Sugru coating is um, it always has a color. A color. It, it it's not. Uh, translucent it's not um, clear so um, yeah I would have to order some perylene and, and uh, coat it and then implant it um, see how it works uh, but first of all I need to get this uh, this prototype that I made myself um, I need to tune it uh, so it has a much uh, it has a much larger reading distance uh, like the wristband has so I need to fine-tune it and, and keep working. How are you uh, doing the maths of those? So you calculating it yourself in your head with the, I forgot the name of the equation now. Um, I've got some really good ways to work out the coils, uh, how many times you need to coil based on the mean circumference and the wire thickness as well. And also it depends all upon the material you're using. So maybe I can help you out with fine-tuning. Yeah, um, so what I've done uh, until now, um, I looked at some videos on YouTube uh, about NFC antenna design. Um, in one of the videos, um, they also linked to, um, uh, uh, what's it called, to a, um, an online uh, RFID uh, calculator uh, where you would calculate uh, the loops and... and uh, the induction, uh, the capacitance, and, and so on. Um, uh, and um, yeah, since I'm a participant uh, of Hackerspace, uh, luckily there are also other participants uh, who, are, who have more knowledge about electronics than I do. Um, and uh, they can also help me out. Uh, but yeah, uh, we should definitely uh, collaborate and and, uh, and share our knowledge. Uh, so, so I think we'll all be following you definitely with the uh, we following the the development of the Vivo Key over at DangerousThings.com um, and also their Facebook pages. Um, but if we wanted to follow what you're doing in terms of keeping up date with your work, your projects, and also the documentary you mentioned as well, um, what's the best way of doing that? Yeah. Um, uh, send me a friend request on Facebook. Uh, um, I usually uh, post uh, stuff on, on Facebook or also on the, the Facebook groups such as uh, RFID uh, implantees or magnet uh, implantees. Um, um, I also tend to uh, to record some videos and post them on YouTube, uh, on the Xspace uh, YouTube channel, uh, channel. So I believe that would be uh, the best way to, to keep up with my projects. Um, on the website of my hackerspace, we also have a, a, a wiki. Um, so uh, some documentation uh, 
can be found there with uh, source code and, and everything. Yeah. And also, um, if anyone has any uh, direct questions, uh, uh, another good way is to contact me uh, either on Twitter or preferably on IRC, on Internet Relay Chat. Uh, Internet Relay Chat is a chat protocol um, from 1988. I've been using it myself since uh, 1996. So, um, yeah, you can find me on, on multiple IRC networks, uh, um, mostly on uh, uh, Freenode. Uh, I also happen to be on the Dangerous Minds uh, IRC channel. My nickname is uh, Vicarious. So any questions, uh, go ahead and ask them there. Yeah, then looks like uh, you can also find out more about the Hackspace hacker space by going to hackspace.nl. So, you know, do you have any questions for us? Because, uh, you know, some of the best questions that we have found throughout this uh, series of conversations actually came from one of our guests. Yeah, um, I was wondering, uh, uh, what are your plans for your uh, next implants? Um, I mean, uh, once you get started. It's, a, it's the same way with, it, uh, with the tattoos and piercings. So once you start, um, you, you just can't stop and, and keep getting more. Um, so uh, what are your next implants going to be? Uh, is it is it um, Trigger's implant uh, or the fifth key? Or yeah, tell me. Well, speaking for myself, I've actually got about 45 magnets in, in testing now to see if any of uh, any of the coatings fail. Um, Perlene C, two different kinds of coating. I've actually ordered a uh, hundred uh, titanium nitride uh, coated magnets to test as well, and with just the hopes of getting at least two for my tragus, and then pass that if I get uh, others to pass and be able to hook up my co-hosts with magnets if they so desire. Then I would also go for my ring fingers and probably back of my hands as well because it's always nice to, ha if it's strong enough, to be able to hold some screws, tools, what have you. It just seems like a very good idea to me, but it almost makes me think that you know, three millimeters by one millimeter might not be strong enough. Uh, for the back of the hand, maybe I need to look at, uh, you know, three millimeters by, you know, like one of the um, cylinder style ones uh, that would be a lot stronger. Uh, I remember during our conversation with Rich Lee, he talked about this crazy strong one in his finger. It made me wonder what he had. If it was like a six millimeter long by three millimeter diameter one or what. And if that's the case, then yeah, definitely that would be a great place for it, in my opinion. Uh, I don't know, Cursor, Damien, uh, what, do you, what do you have to say for him? Of course, I you know, am drooling over uh, more betas from DT, but yeah, not there yet. Um, I'm still trying to get my flex to heal properly, and we'll see about that. Because for a while, uh, I, I've been getting scolded by Amel about it, um, telling me I need to take it out. I was like, no, I just need to let it heal a little bit more. Yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, okay, zombie boy, um, pull it out before you know you, you're getting gangrene in there because you're not letting it heal right." And it's like, oh, "Okay, okay, calm down. Let's let's let it heal. Let's let it heal." Um, but anyway, um, Damien, what do you want? I'm pretty sure you want uh, lots and lots of implants. 
Uh, are we just limiting this to implants, or are we going piercings and tattoos? Because <laughs> I completely agree with Patrick. They are very, very addictive once you start. Um, I've been waiting and waiting. Um, I'm not sending a hint here anymore. I want uh, some tin magnets. Because <laughs> I want to do the tragus. Um, I want them back in my fingertips. I sent you guys a link earlier in the chat um, when I used to use my magnet for little odd jobs around the office and actually came in really handy. So I'm going to say magnet and Vivo key are next for me. Traegers, fingertips and Vivo key. I'm going to go with the right wrist, sort of not as far up as Patrick has gone. I'd say a bit lower, sort of more towards the joint and I would flip the orientation 90 degrees. I think for um, for me, uh, I've always been interested in the software side of it. So anything that allows me to further develop the software that's available for these products would be best. Um, recently, I've become interested in, in things that are not necessarily considered implants, but would be still transhumanism kind of thing like uh, um, we have a guest I think we're, we're going to confirm for January. Um, it'd be uh, interesting to have once I've done some further research in to into that um kind of like the technology that you can use to um become more robotic if you like but maybe it does things better than, than what we have biologically it would be cool um definitely the vivo key it's gonna be a massive thing uh especially for a lot of developers out there hopefully try and spur as many people on on to developing different applications for that uh when i finally have some some time to do so yeah um uh one one more thing i wanted to mention um um yeah uh, so i attended um, a talk by uh, amal grafstra uh, at a, a small uh, hacker conference uh, here in the netherlands and uh, during his uh, lecture he also mentioned um uh, a subdomal um damn, what's it called um a subdomal solar panel, so you can provide electricity to um, to your implants. Um, and the best uh, the best ones would, would be um, uh, solar panels that uh, uh, work on the infrared. So infrared solar panels, um, because infrared passes uh, through the skin. And when he mentioned uh, infrared passes through the skin, I. Uh, immediately you thought about um, the TV be gone. It would be um, hilarious to have a TV be gone uh, under your skin, so you can uh, switch off TVs. Uh, since uh, yeah, the infrared signals uh, from a remote control, uh, yeah, if they pass through your skin, why not? Yeah, TV Be Gone might be one of the most fun kits I've ever picked up at a, at a con. I, I got mine at DerbyCon a few years ago, and I'm pretty sure the sports bars in the area absolutely hated our conference because it's like every other moment, all the TVs go down. And they're looking around going, all right, who's wearing a black T-shirt or a hoodie? You bastards, stop it. And we're outside just looking in. Bloop, it's down. Bloop. It's down. Screwing with them. But if I'm um, lucky enough to get there, um, I shall put a tutorial through with a 10-minute video of how to make one <laughs> because I feel like it's needed in the community. But it makes me wonder, you know, if you're wanting to actually implant it, though, would you then power it through uh, induction? 
to avoid uh, having issues with a battery pack or the lack of infrared solar panels. Uh, didn't Emil talk about that he had tried implanting a, a solar panel on his arm at one point? It just yeah, makes me think uh, of a conversation. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. During the lecture, he shared uh, some uh, some photos uh, from his uh, trial with the solar panel. Uh, from I believe it was a very cheap uh, um, calculator that he took a solar panel from uh, and and coated it and implanted it and measured how how much um, uh, power to give. And um, yeah, uh, the, thankfully the the lecture uh, is recorded and, and I'll share the link later. Yeah, it was like a, of the video. Yeah. At a con that he was talking at, right? I'm not crazy remembering that. Okay. I was just, yeah. I was trying to remember it because it wasn't ever in person that he had mentioned it. I had, I saw it on YouTube at one point. I was pretty sure. I think um, it's, I think uh, it was Tim Cannon that said it is the biggest um, thing, to, obstacle to overcome. Uh, at the moment in the biohacking community and I know he's doing a lot of research down there I think there's several several people hopefully it only takes like one breakthrough and hopefully we get there I know it's not as simple as you think it'd be uh, I know some people that have done research into different types of like using power from the body and things like that and it's, it's just not as easy as that um, a lot of people don't don't realize that but hopefully once we've got power done we can make that uh, what, what um, Tim Cannon described as an Arduino for biohacking. Yeah um, which made me think of the um, ESP8266 uh, Wi-Fi module that would also be nice to implant I think um, yeah uh, Justin Aiken uh, was talking about uh, bacteria-powered batteries as being a nice alternative uh, to lithium because you know you damage it, you, you probably hopefully will have you know semi-harmless um, biosafe bat bacteria in there, not like genetically altered uh, MRSA uh, to power it. You know, that might probably be a really good source of energy if you can do the alteration because MRSA doesn't die. But that's also why it would be terrible because MRSA is so crazy on survival. Anyway, um, any last questions, comments from anybody? Yep. All right. Well, we definitely uh, want to have a special thanks to Patrick Palman of Hackerspace Ack space for uh, taking the time to talk to us today. If you want to learn more about this journey we take weekly, please check out dangerousminds.io as well as our Facebook page. Just do a quick search for Dangerous Minds Podcast. And all of us want to thank you, our listeners, for joining us as we explore further the tech and the people behind behind it with this fastly growing community of biohacking, grinding, and implantable technology today. Please feel free to reach out to us with questions or comments. Um, you're welcome to find us through our Facebook page, Twitter, our actual homepage, and perhaps one day talk to you about the work and our projects you're exploring and developing. Until next week, seek the spark. Project won't compile, it'll be alright Computer science for life, and that's my direction Instead of be bows, my homies throw exceptions